0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Daniel Ricardo is thrown in the bin by McLaren fans and flaky F1 so-called experts. And Formula One head back to our favourite track of the year. G'day, my name is James Baldwin and welcome to another episode of Lakeside Drive's F1 podcast. In this episode, we preview the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. I'm joined by my friends and yours. It's David Munnis. G'day, mate. G'day. Good to be here, guys. How are we? Doing very well, thank you. And absolutely OG, my friend and yours, Thomas J. Camp. Hello, mate. Hello, gentlemen. How are we? Doing very well. Very well indeed. Now, I said it's our favourite track of the year. What I really meant to say is it's Tommy T's favourite track of the year in combo with Spa. We all love Spa as well, but uh, the absolute mess it was last year compared to... What was quite simply the best podium in 2021 last year's uh, Baku Grand Prix was phenomenal. Of course, we had on the top step Sergio Perez, which, of course, we only had last weekend. But Seb Vettel, who we'd previously put in the bin after underperforming in a car, came second. And then Pierre Gasly, who's permanently in camp, his bin, came third. So it was phenomenal. Uh, effort, of course. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit, but a massive shout out to our Discord server first. Uh, thank you so much for listening and for, of course, being part of that. Some absolutely fantastic conversations going on about specifically Daniel Ricardo at the moment, which we'll get to in just a little bit. Uh, but boys, there's a bit of a, a, a sort of good buzz falling out of, of Monaco, wasn't it? I know we, we did a, a review episode shortly thereafter the race, but couple of days on some more falling out from it including Sergio Perez kissing someone who wasn't his wife um which was (laughs) she then apologized for which is very f1 uh we'll start calling him Sergio James Hunt Perez uh (laughs) but also also something that I thought was quite funny was Jos Verstappen coming out and criticizing Red Bull for effectively not switching drivers around Manus I mean Jos Verstappen just needs to shut up doesn't he he won the award for prick of the week. What an absolute <laughs> end of a human he is. He's I'm now on the prick.
1: Perez comp. Yeah, I'm on the Perez camp for the rest of the season um, just to wind this tosser up. Uh, yeah, what an idiot. I mean, the race before, I mean, Perez was racing to a delta so that Max could win. I mean... Yeah. Seriously. Has he got mind of a goldfish? Anyway, that yeah, that wound me up so much. So, um, yeah, let's go Perez the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, I'm certainly ready for a different champion again. I don't think I am necessarily want to back in Max Verstappen again for this year. He's had his championship. That's fine. Uh, I think we should be in the era of uh, regularly changing champions. And if Sergio Perez has the ability, which clearly he has the car mm-hmm. and, and certainly he has the skill as well, certainly to – to put it towards the front there in Monaco. I think he deserves it. Uh, Christian Horner's come out campy and said that uh, they're both capable of winning that championship. Now, we've kind of heard this kind of commentary before, haven't we, with DR and Max? The only difference this time is they've got a championship winning car.
2: Uh, bollocks. They said that with Seb and Mark Webber too, and there was clearly some free <laughs> of foot going on in that garage at that time, and there was still a bit going on when. Uh, when Max and Daniel were racing too, so look I mean, it looks good. I mean Perez has had a couple of good races, probably should have won two on the trot. Uh well that I'm with Bunnus and you, Jim. I'm I'm rooting for him. I love the underdog. I mean if it pisses Joss off, that's a good thing. So um <laughs> but I think Max over the season will get it done and there's no way Red Bull's gonna let their golden child not win it. <laughs> When he's uh, clearly the best driver on the grid with the best car. So, yeah. But the more jeopardy we can throw in there, the better.
0: Uh, Good use of the word jeopardy, Campy. Tommy T, very happy uh, in memory of of him. I mean, he's coming back on the podcast next week. But anyway, (laughs) in memory of him. Um, One of the things that I found very interesting is the report – Coming out of F1 actual was that uh, Nick De Vries apparently, according to Williams, after his FP1 outing in Barcelona, is worthy of a place on the grid. And this is the team that is saying that that we have potentially linked Oscar Piastri to that second seat. Of course, we know... The combo of uh, Mercedes, Nick de Vries, of course, driving at the moment for the Mercedes Formula E team, uh, which is going to become the McLaren Formula E team next year. So potentially some changes there we'll see. Uh, But it'd be interesting, Campy, wouldn't it, to see if uh, Nick de Vries manages to come from Formula E into Formula One with Williams replacing Nick Latifi. My only concern about that, of course, is Oscar Piastri still then potentially without a seat.
2: Well, the thing with DeVries is he out. He, his time was better than Latifi's, I believe, uh, in that free practice session he got. So I think that's what got heads sort of moving around, going, "Oh, geez, how quick's this guy? Look, I wouldn't jump the gun. Look, this guy has had a career in F two and F three, and he has performed extremely well at times, but." Not consistent enough to get the job done over a season. Not like our boy Oscar. He is number one pick at the moment. This is just more British media bias and uh, getting who they want in the cars. Staying for me, really. I don't think he belongs in F1. That would be my opinion. But hey, I've been proven wrong. With it. A
0: couple of times
2: before. It doesn't happen very often, but uh, it does happen. <laughs> the,
0: the humble pie that you will be baking, Campy, when I'm finally back in person will be uh, a live eating of humble pie. Yeah, Manus, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we see uh, obviously a lot of uh, F1 and some F2 drivers uh, move across to Formula E when they don't have that opportunity to get up into Formula 1. Of course, it's the same with IndyCar. Do you think... Now we're potentially going to see something the other direction. I kind of stick with Campy, you know, once you're out of the the channel, I suppose towards Formula One, there's no really coming back in and and nothing's similar uh, enough in my mind like Formula Two is as a, a platform. and even that's nowhere near Formula One standards. But mm. Nick DeVries is obviously very talented and uh, has those connections through Toto Wolf, Susie Wolf, Mercedes, and thus Williams. Could there be a potential that we see him in the grid? Or do you think this is, as Campy said, just more British bias?
1: Now, nah, look, I think there's always potential, especially for a name like Nick DeVries, Vries, um, who's doing quite well in Formula E. Um, he was last season's champion. I didn't watch it last season, to be honest. I watched it the season before. But um, he's a big name. He's He's been around the Mercedes garage quite a lot. Uh, and he's driven F1 cars and testing and that quite a bit. So his name being linked isn't a surprise for me. Um, and yeah, look, I think F2 will always be the pathway to get into Formula 1, the F2 champion, uh, coming up through those F series is a way to get into Formula 1, the best way to get in. But now with the popularity of like IndyCar and guest Formula E's growing, we may well see that transition of drivers coming across um, from those other codes into F1, but like I think F2 will be the main the main sort of pathway into F1. Um, that'll be the preference certainly from uh, within the Formula One um, hierarchy, so to speak. But if you make a name for yourself in IndyCar, um, like young Carlton Herter, guys like that, um, Pato Award, you're certainly going to be linked, uh, and especially if you have that you know American links or of Award, being a Mexican-American, um, you're always going to get linked to F1, especially with the Americanization of the sport that's going on at the moment.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, whether or not those links come to any sort of fruition is a completely different conversation, something we'll talk about in just a moment. But before we get to talking about that, I'd like to talk to you about Lewis Hamilton's form, Campy. Now, we know the guy is one of the top five drivers on the grid. continues to be that, but we're not calling for his retirement yet, like we're calling for some other amazing Australian driver who is also struggling with the car. Uh, and really, he's trying his best to get on top of it. Do you think though? There's some commentary around. Oh, and Lewis is still potentially in, in shock for a for a world championship here. It's probably unlikely for this year. Maybe for next year if Mercedes can sort it out again. But do you think this this kind of commentary now is just inherent? from a sport that is so focused on only trying to get new young drivers into these seats?
2: well, that's a tough question. Uh, why do we need young drivers? Young drivers annoy me. They, they're they clearly <laughs> not at the top of their game when they're 16 years old. They're clearly mm. – oh, they're just not that good. They've got shit personalities. I mean, look at the best ones we've lost. I mean, Alonso, Räikkönen and Hamilton – are probably the three most loved drivers on the grid. And they're the oldest because they've been there the, the longest. They know how to play the game. These young kids come in, professionally media trained, they probably have to be these days because of social media and the the uh, scrutiny and the crap that comes with that stuff. So they're polished media performers. They don't give you any banter. They don't give you what you want. And whatever humour they do give you is rubbish because, you know, they're, they're young. Um, it does appeal to the younger crowd, but... Hey, oh, there you go. Look, as for Hamilton retiring, he has a drive in this sport for as long as he possibly wants. He's a seven-time world champion, 100 wins, 120 poles or whatever it is. There's no way he's going anywhere. As for his form, he's still the same driver while he was last year. He's just got a shit car. Now, George coming in and beating him slightly this year, it's not a massive... Why would we be super concerned or, or worried about where Lewis's form's gone I, I mean, Lewis has driven the best car In the world For the last 10 years And then he's come out with a piece of shit And he's going, oh geez, What's the point? And Norris's, I mean, whatever his name is Russell's coming in on his coattails Going, yeah, I'm better than Lewis It's like, give me a break, dude Like, do it over a season And multiple seasons And multiple years And over decades And, I mean, six races in you Can't really get a, a fair picture of it So bit Like the Seb Vettel Danny Ricardo, 2014, four time world champion. Danny Rick comes in, spanks him. I mean, it's harder to ad- adapt to a bad car when you've driven better, you know. And we've, it's probably we've seen that throughout. That's why these young guys get cracks at these top teams at times. So,
0: I think we're really seeing Lewis Hamilton's character really shine through now at this point, Manus, as well. And previously. We absolutely couldn't stand Lewis. It was the the overwhelming British bias, and and the TV director only focusing on him and not showing anyone else up and down the grid it was absolute pain in the ass. We've said this many times before, but it is similar to us very much over Seb Vettel when he was winning world championships. As soon as he stopped winning them, <laughs> and the fight was on with Ferrari, and of course the the absolute shambles that was Ferrari's decision to get rid of him before the season had even started. Um, and then him getting this podium in Baku last year, this this second place, we were absolutely stoked for him. So do you think there's something similar now with Lewis? Do you think more people will start to potentially like him as we, and I don't really want to say the decline of Lewis Hamilton, but certainly as he gets <laughs> on in age, um, which is, just happens, doesn't it? Same with Seb uh, We've We now call him King Seb on this podcast. Is there potential for King Lewis as well?
1: Yeah, I would totally agree with that. Uh, when I was growing up, I used to hate Michael Schumacher, like loathe the guy, and that's purely because you know I um, I loved his teammate at that stage. So, but as soon as uh, Michael retired, then appreciated him, and now he like I look back and go seriously, what was I thinking? I should have appreciated you know his level of uh, skill on the track every weekend, rather than you know just watching the sport to actually hit him and hope that he crashed. Um, and there's a lot of people that have that um, sort of bias against Lewis over the years. And yes, it was a bit boring at a time when he was winning, you know, quite comfortably every season. That was a bit boring. Even I wanted Max to push him last season as like a Lewis fan because um, I was just bored of the Lewis winning everything Um So there is that. So, yeah, with the – I don't want to say decline, but um, he's certainly not going to be winning a championship this season. He's going to be a bit more relaxed. Uh, He'll be a bit more relaxed in front of the camera. Um, We won't have that, you know – British media biases you guys talk about where we're constantly hearing about Lewis S. Lewis that we're not going to get that as much this season it's all going to be about Max and Charles Leclerc and the guys up, up at the very front pushing for the championship um, so yeah it's probably going to be a bit more easier to listen to um, and watch um, all the commentary around Lewis and he'll probably be a bit more relaxed as well given that he's not at the f- sharp edge pushing and challenging as well so yeah look like, that's just probably how it is. But look, I, I reckon Lewis next season will be back. Hopefully Mercedes can give him the car. Um, I don't think for one second that he's on a terminal decline and he he might never win a championship again. I think that would be
0: a, a bet I wouldn't want to take. Talking about drivers who are not on a terminal decline at pretty much every single fan in Formula 1 at the moment who has put Daniel Ricciardo in the bin... Uh, I have had to (laughs) unfollow every single account. McLaren especially is absolutely just pissing me off at the moment. Firstly, the the decision of Zach to try something different by mentioning um, that he's not happy with DR in a press conference after really thinking about it for quite a while. Sorry, Zach, you're in the bin, mate, and you're not going to come back out again until you come out and correct yourself uh, and clarify your comments. The fact that Jensen Button had to... Defend DR to, to, to your idiocy of comments. Mate, no good. Uh, so I've had to unfold a lot of those different bits and pieces. And to be honest, it, it's driving me nuts uh, to, to a point where now the only thing in my feed is Extreme E and nothing's happening with Extreme E, so nothing is in my feed, Just <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. But one of the things that I wanted to point out, and we were, uh, you would sort of talk about this a little bit more, Sergio Perez. Obviously, we we were very happy, Campy, weren't we? I remember you specifically. I think one of your points and um, the review podcast for for twenty twenty, the whole season uh, that he was announced for Red Bull, um, and we were we were stoked that they were going for an older driver, keeping him in the sport after his his somewhat success. Um, of course, he had his his first win with Racing Point um, in in that season, and that was fantastic to see. But I, I enjoyed this. Uh, graphic. The Formula One tweeted uh, after his his win, which was 220 Grand Prix starts, one pole position, 19 podiums, seven fastest laps, and three now wins. And that's all well and good. And this is certainly uh, a driver who, similar to to Dr, has been around the sport for quite a long time. Has got some more. Grand Prix starts uh, only a couple more than uh, than DR, but let's. This is DR's stats in comparison to that um, 217 starts, eight wins, three pole positions, 16 fastest laps, and 32 podiums. Now, we're not having any commentary at all about Sergio Perez's inability to do anything in Formula One in terms of a stats point of view compared to Daniel Ricciardo. Yes, he's in a faster car. Yes, he's in a car that finally has clicked with him. Uh, it took a while, and now he's working well with setup. Dr. Lewis Hamilton, Seb Vettel, uh, even Carlos Sainz to a point, have found themselves struggling a little bit with their their car setups uh, and and that's frustrating to see. Campy, you and I have said the top five drivers in the grid, I think we both agree, and you probably agree with this too, Are Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, Charles Leclerc, Daniel Ricciardo and Fernando Alonso, and uh, nowhere comes anywhere near any young British driver to that point. It's fine that Lewis Hamilton... Uh, is not performing that well against George Russell. It's fine that DR is not performing that well against Lando Norris because George Russell and Lando Norris are not a top five driver at the moment. Potentially, they will become that in the future. But Daniel Ricciardo doesn't just forget how to drive campy, does he? He doesn't just forget how to be a Grand Prix winner. And suddenly, these absolute ridiculous calls for him to just retire halfway through the season to save him and McLaren face. What the f are you talking about, you absolute oh, morons? Jim. Get in Jeff's the bin. I am sick of it. Woo, yes. Up. I'm s i am I am Daniel Ricciardo biased, but the absolute idiocy of commentary around this at the moment is just ridiculous. Go back to watching V8 Supercars and stay there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you, Jim. Uh, <laughs> it up. I like it. Look, look, if you go back and you look at those stats about wins and podiums and stuff... If you look back at his career, 2014 Red Bull was not the best car; it was the third best car on the grid. So realistically, they should be fighting for fifth and sixth positions right the way through 2015, 16, 17, and at times in uh, at, at times in 18 particularly towards the end of the year, they had a, a better car. They've never had a world championship car, even at Renault. And he's consistently improved the car and got it to the point where he's got results, you know, across the six or seven year period. The problem with this McLaren is that it is a piece of shit. And it is yep. the... the <clears throat> the opposite way in which Daniel Ricardo likes to drive a car. He likes a grippy front end. He doesn't like the car to move under braking. He's very much a, a straight line of a breaker. When he's overtaking, we know he's the last of the late breakers, but it's actually not like that when you actually look at the way that he drives cars and the stats. The stat, like the, the telemetry suggests that he actually brakes a lot earlier than some people, but he actually trail brakes through the corner and he doesn't, and then so he can get on the exit quite harder and carry a lot more of a mid mid corner speed compared to the other drivers. Whereas Lando can drive this car when he hits the brakes, when it starts to step around, there's a bit more oversteer into it, and that's that's the core problem. Now I, I don't Danny Rick's a consummate professional. He'll 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 do the best he can. But at the moment, I mean, it's it's not the match that we wanted to happen. Doesn't mean he can't drive. Just, I mean, Lewis is having a bad six races. Does that mean that his career's over and he's he's shit and these new kids are better? Absolutely not. I mean, Lando's got to do something for me in a car that doesn't perform in six year time. In six years time, I sorry, but the point I want to make is that I can think of maybe four or five race weekends in Danny Rick Danny Rick's whole career where he's had the, the best car by far. And all of those four to five times they've had it, Danny Rick or Max Verstappen won those Grand Prix, And I think that's what you look at. Other than that, they've never been the best car, never been the quickest. It's been strategy. It's been things happen as the race evolves. It gets him his wins. And, and when they, you know, that when they come, they come. I mean, Monza for me last year was just a race which Danny Rick handled absolutely superbly, not with the fastest machinery, but, um, It's the low-speed corners that he's really struggling in. Lando seems to rotate that car low-speed a lot better than what it is, hence why the gap's so big at Monaco and places like Barcelona. But when you go to places like Monza, where it's all high-speed corners and there's not a lot of low-speed stuff, it's where Danny Rick will spank him. But again, we're talking about the McLaren having a stiff back end and driving the car through the rear and letting it dance around upon entry into corners, and Danny Rick doesn't like it. I think McLaren should just fix it. Design a car around him. Their philosophy on winning cars hasn't won him a world championship in a bloody long time. So, McLaren, before you go and sack Danny Rick and you make a public spectacle out of him, sort your shit out, all right? And make sure that you give the guy a world championship winning car because that's the reason you bought him across. And if you can't, gut the fucking departments and get new people in. Go and pay... Christian Horner or somebody else massive amounts of money in order to bring all their IP across from a Red Bull so that you give Danny Rick the car that we want. Unfortunately, that's probably not going to happen. You don't have the balls to do it. But I'm starting to look at the garage and go, you guys are shit. Make it better.
0: Yeah, McLaren, the fact that we're not pointing out and haven't pointed out, we've been too nice to McLaren because of, this romance potentially that we've had about Zach and everyone else, Campy, I think, for, for the last couple of weeks. It is McLaren's fault. Daniel Rick is still at a phenomenal driver. DR does not have a car to win a race, let alone a world championship. The fact that he managed to win a race last year is absolute testament to his consummate professionality for sure. But Lando Norris didn't and win a race raw, last year. And
2: on raw pace, though, the fifth best car on the grid this year. It's, so it, what... Yeah. Look, why are we sitting here going, "Oh, how good's this? How good's that?" Because Lando's got a couple of good results. I mean, uh, it doesn't make sense to me. But these dickhead fans, particularly the British fans, that you know, I mean, mm. young kids. I mean, their frontal lobe hasn't even fully developed yet. Not sure mine has either. But
0: uh,
2: <laughs> 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 you know what I'm trying to say?
0: Experience.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Old school G- is better.
0: Manus, I love I love that you mentioned Colton Herder before. I love this this whole argument about bring Padaway Ward across. He's faster than Daniel Ricciardo. Our oh, Colton Herder's faster than Daniel Ricciardo as well. Okay, firstly, shut the fuck up again. Secondly, Marcus Ericsson just beat both of them
2: in the Indy 500,
0: and Marcus Ericsson wasn't anywhere bloody near Daniel Ricciardo in Formula One. Blame your bloody stats, people. I mean, they're just. It's not a hard to drive in a circle, though. Yeah, seriously. And I'm stoked for Marcus yeah, so Ericsson. <laughs> what a what a guy. What a great guy. He really prefo- when Charles Leclerc and he he were driving that Sauber uh 2018, that I mean obviously I think there was had some Ferrari help there in terms of power unit, but he was still getting some great results. Now he wasn't absolutely it was not as fast as Charles. We can all agree on that. Charles is one of those you know, that Max Estappen kind of generation of young driver coming through. I don't think he quite has the ego of Max, but certainly he drove incredibly well that in, in that year and so did Marcus, given the right car. Unfortunately, he left, Gio was brought in and so was Kimi, as they did a swap uh, with Charles. But it was just really interesting to see and I just, it boggles my mind. Someone on Discord said, "In IndyCar is just so much more agriculture than Formula 1, you're just not going to have that. Kind of lay across across, surely that is just absolutely the truth. Yeah, hundred percent. It's a
1: very different car, um, very different arrow, very different package. I mean, chalk and cheese. Um, Slow. Look, it would be interesting. Inre- it would be really interesting. Slower. <clears throat> yeah. It's not even it would a be really interesting. Car. <laughs> 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 like I know the guys come across and do some testing. I know, the award has uh, and Herta has as well in uh, McLarens, but. And they'd set good times, but I mean if they already go out in a race, I reckon they'd be way at the back with Latifi, to be perfectly honest. So that to bring it just to talk about that switch, it's just it's not worth talking about. It's not gonna happen. Definitely not. It's too big, My too man. big, too big a leap to come into Formula One um from IndyCar. Oh. And I'm not knocking IndyCar. Like I I love IndyCar. No, I, I IndyCar. enjoy it too. Not yeah, not, not, it not too. knocking it at all. But it's just, you know, it's like stepping out of um stepping off a motorbike and into a yeah, I don't know. A truck. Two very different To be clear, things.
0: I think all three of us would absolutely preference the Indy 500 over the Monaco Grand Prix on a Sunday. Oh, hands down. Mm.
2: Maybe.
1: At
0: least they have flyovers, Manus. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Blue Angels was there. We are actually there. Unlike Miami, they were actually at the Indy 500 and the spectacle is absolutely there. Okay, well, maybe, Manus, geez, even with your truck hat on, I would have thought that the uh, the agricultural <laughs> line would have just been tied perfectly Yeah, I perfectly loved that line, That was great. But the other thing as well is Pato Award, of course, uh, has just signed a three-year extension, I think, with, with McLaren for Indy, so there's no way that he's coming across. Uh, yeah. And yet Colton's had some time in, in junior formulas, but again, as the conversation we're having about Formula E, they just don't come back the other direction. It seems to be a funnel into Formula One through, uh, through the junior formulas and then out the other side to uh, the other side through Indy and and, and whatnot. whatnot. Um, one thing also, and I forgot to mention about Sergio Perez is that he's just had a two-year contract extension as well. So Red Bull uh, still putting faith in him to to yep. see through with Max in the next couple of years, which I think is which is a big deal this early on. And and he signed before. Uh, he won the Monaco Grand Prix uh, and even said, I think, to Christian Horner as he was walking off the podium, I signed too early. Um, so right. <laughs> you could have could probably squeezed some more money out there. But, yeah, it's, it's interesting as well, uh, Campy, for this this whole conversation still about DR, uh, a lot of it was reported about um, this exit clause that it was McLaren's decision potentially for for him to leave the team. It's not; it is Daniel's decision if he wants to leave the team early, um, which is a fantastic cool. thing. He he has he has mentioned as well, um, and he's done. Can I also just say, I know my mind's all, all over the place a little bit at the moment, but he he has said in interviews as well um, that. He acknowledges he's not doing all that well and he needs to to do better. He's yeah. being very yeah. honest with himself. He's being very honest with the reporters, uh, it's certainly those who are not after clickbait, so definitely not news.com.au mm-hmm. people who are just picking up the scraps from whatever Lamo writes on Fox Sports probably or, or something Gun other the crap sort of institution. But he's he's being real. We just don't see that with a lot of Formula 1 drivers uh, at knows. the moment.
2: Yeah, you're right. He's been straight up and honest about where he's struggling and why he's struggling and and how it's happening. But I would like to see – I would like to know about the conversations behind closed doors about what McLaren are doing to try and help him, try to fix it. Um, They've obviously got some faith in Lando and why wouldn't you have some faith in him at the moment? But I'm still at a – I still don't understand why it's taken so long when they know what sort of car Danny Rick wants to try and adapt to his style when they're paying him that sort of money. It doesn't make sense. So I think – Danny Rick could make a bold move, but where does he go? Mm. Well, here's a question. What if if, if, Lewis retires? Yeah, well, that's it. It's Mercedes if Lewis retires. And that's if Mercedes Mm. want to take Danny Rick. But that's Mm. the only place you would go. Everywhere else is off. Like, Ferrari's sewed up. Red Bull's sewed up. The only other team you'd want to go to is Mercedes. Which it could have gone to Mercedes after Rosberg's retirement if he held off his signing, you know, with Red Bull in twenty sixteen. So at the end of twenty sixteen and getting a two year extension. So yeah, it's a tough one, but what do you do? I mean, if I'm Danny Rick, that would be a massive call walking out on McLaren saying, Well, this is what this is what them as an organisation did for me. And uh he come out and say diddly squat. We know what kind of driver he is, but he needs to get – he needs to put some performances on. We need him to get in a car that he's comfortable with and that we love and people go, oh, this is what Danny Rick's like. And he's done it over, you know, Red Bulls. He got a win last year and he did it with Renault too, all paid over two years. But they had a purple patch. We were on the podium, I think, uh three weekends a out, of of, out of five. So – and, you know, and fourth and fifth. I mean, that guy put it in fourth place on Monaco, remember. Um, Kevin Magnussen behind him. So and then they made a pit stop and completely shagged the race. But, I mean, we know what kind of driver Danny Ricks around is around Monaco. And it's just clear this car is just a heap of crap under braking and that's why he's struggling.
0: Yeah, no confidence, and it's that is McLaren need to fix that absolutely. All right, lads, let's look forward now, shall we, to Baku, Azerbaijan. Fantastic bloody race track. We've got the old castle section, the old city section rather, which is tight and twisty. And Charles Leclerc calls himself stupid after putting his car in it. Will we see that again? And of course, the wide open straights coming down the main straight past the government building. It is a bloody phenomenal track. Relatively new compared to a lot of these older tracks, but certainly something that we hope stays on the calendar for a long time. Munna says, "I said at the very top, we had a very, very good podium here last year. That was caused by Max Verstappen having a uh, puncture down that main straight, as we remember, and that was very, very fast accident. He uh, yet again kicked his car, uh, and also Lewis Hamilton uh, at the safety car race uh, Sorry, on the uh, on the restart of of that race." after what happened there with either Max or Lance Stroll, was one of the two, he left his magic brake handle on and he went straight ahead rather than uh, making the corner and went from about second or first to 15th, I believe, finishing that race. So anything can happen around here. And as I said, Red Bull um, managing to get the win. So great to see Seb Vettel back on that podium again after him struggling for quite some time in that Aston Martin. Uh, and then, of course, Pierre Gasly in third. Do you think there's any opportunity for us to see What is a a bit of a more of a mixed, maybe constructed podium this weekend than we've seen all this year?
1: Yeah, look, there's a good chance there's a lot of walls around this place and not a lot of runoff, so anything can happen. We can get lots of red flags, safety cars. Um, Even the season before last, I think we had, um, it might have been two, three years ago actually, where um, Lewis Breck tested Vettel when he was in the Ferrari. So this place always throws up Mm. a lot of drama. Um, it's always great to watch. It's it's definitely my in my top five um, tracks of the year. And it's definitely on my bucket list to go to this place and watch a Formula One race. Um, so, yeah, look, fingers crossed, we might be able to see um, a lot of jeopardy here. And um, yeah, can't wait. Love this place. And it's normally good weather as well. So, um, yeah, it's normally a dry
0: one. What's your what's your favorite part of the track? Because as I said, it's so different. There's so many different sort of turns and sections. I'm a big castle fan, so has to be the castle section. <laughs> That's just cool. <laughs> love and then it, whenever they good. come up out of the castle and you see the
1: cars pulling away from it, ah, uh, the walls of the castle. It's just class. It's
0: really cool. Love it, love it. That's said not by the a man answer you're looking for. <laughs> is mentally, mentally there in his mind, uh, Campy. In terms of pace, of course. Rebel Ferrari making making headway compared to a lot of these others. Potentially Mercedes might have some kind of response this weekend. We just have to see. But... There, as Munna said, there's a lot of walls here and uh, noting how closely, yeah. certainly in Monaco, how closely the top four were, were following each other and, of course, we've seen that for not every race this year if Max has managed to get away, but for a lot of it, if uh, if someone is sitting in second or third or fourth, potentially filling up those mirrors, uh, it might cause someone ahead to make a mistake and, and potentially that's how you get past and really how this race will be won.
2: Yeah, that enormously long straight could uh, th- throw some big overtaking moves this year. I think if you are within a second of the car in front of you with DRS, so I think it's just going to be so OP this year. They might think about moving the line a bit down further down the track. But, um, yeah, look, it's a track that gives heaps of results, right? Think about the first race we ever had here. I think Danny Rick won it. Um, Tyres in the last couple of years have been big factors too. I mean, Valtteri Bottas is. Remember, he got that puncher leading the race down here. I think that was three years ago. Uh, last year we had Max put it in the wall because he pushed his tyres too fast. So, tyres will be an issue this year. I think they'll go one step harder than they did last year. A bit of three hardest tyres they'll take. But um, oh, it's a cracking track and the national anthem's always good too. So, <laughs> it's just uh, in, in that minor key. Just... Uh, <laughs> Not a, not a hint of communism there, just <laughs> communist all over. <laughs> so it's, um, it's a great anthem, but just says Azerbaijan three thousand times from me. So <laughs> <laughs> um, the support risks I think we Ontario just started section, can't
0: be of- you just singing your best rendition of the anthem instead of Tommy T's uh The Flyover. We just need you pick to the, pick the best 10 seconds of the anthem and you just belt it out because um you, <laughs> the couple of times that you've sung the Italian national anthem uh this year have been Da-da-da. phenomenal.
2: Da-da-da. Oh, really? Generation, <laughs> what
0: can I say? <laughs> <laughs> Songbird. <laughs> But let's be realistic uh, about DR's expectations because, yeah, we, as we've said, McLaren not really coming to the floor to to give him anything, to do anything good with. Munas. I mean, potentially there's going to be some some step forward. Hopefully there's many steps forward. It's probably only going to be one. But do we think that he's going to be flailing around that sort of between 8th to 13th position again? Because that's sort of where we find him. Uh, Or is there some potential maybe for for all of this? Maybe bloody Zach Brown's comments will help him, inverted commas, help him become faster suddenly.
1: Yeah, look, that can go two ways. It can either work for you or work against you. But I think Daniel will um, take the fight this weekend. I'd like to see him further up than than 8th, maybe 5th, 6th, 7th. He is good around here, as can't be said. He enjoys it around here. He's always been very good in the late bracket into that first corner. Whether this car allows him to do that or not is another question. So look, really mm. looking forward to this weekend. I'm gonna be bullish with DR and it's gonna be a better weekend for him and McLaren. So f- fingers crossed, that's that's all that's we can my- really hope for. I don't think he's gonna get a podium rinse like that, but you know.
2: What's he paying yeah. Campy what do you he's think? Paying three, uh, he's paying three hundred and fifty one bucks.
1: Oh wow. To
2: one. <laughs> That's 35k if he gets the win. <laughs> the
0: we are not a betting podcast, can I just say? But suddenly what if you want to somehow, us? in fact, <laughs> in fact, we've turned we've turned away betting sponsors, uh, because it's no good as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Yeah. But Campy is now suddenly <laughs> very interested because <laughs> everything I, goes I, against the I, I,
2: I, I hate gambling, I'm not a gambler. So the, I can tell you the three times in the life I've gambled. I bet on Jack Miller last year to win at the Red Bull ring, and he was he was coming second into the last corner. Oh, Went, right. Made a pass to the lead and then came second. So that sucked. Mm. I'd like 200 <laughs> on him. Yeah. That would have hurt, that one. That, <laughs> so hurt. that was two that years was ago. And then last week I put a hundo on Danny Rick because I thought, oh, Jesus, this,
0: this could be good, but yeah, um, I'm just no good at it. And I
2: hate it. 35 grand for a win. I mean, Danny Riggs has got to win at some stage, doesn't he?
0: Well, lads, that is our Azerbaijan GP preview episode. Thanks so much for listening. Um, this is probably at the moment the only safe space for Daniel Ricardo fans. So uh, if you know someone else who loves DR, please get them to have a listen.
2: Just quickly, for those MotoGP fans out there, it looks like... Uh, Looks like our boy, Mr. Miller, is going to leave Ducati at the end of the year and go across to KDM, which is a good thing, because if my predictions are right, <laughs> KDM are going to be the biggest and the best motorcycle producer in the world, in every category they are at the moment, except for MotoGP, so I think with Jack Miller going across there, I think we're looking very,
1: very was good. was just about to say, they can start anytime soon. It's not confirmed yet, it's not, it's not confirmed
2: yet, but it'll be there, it'll be there. Hmm.
0: Well, we like talking about MotoGP uh, and it's good to see Aussies doing Aussie things. Uh, Well, lads, that's it for now. If uh, you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and review. If you don't like Danny Ricciardo, put yourself in the bin, stop listening, uh, and we will see you in a week's time. It's going to be Tommy T. Freyer and myself in person, in-person podcasting coming downrange. We are very, very excited to be able to bring you back some vodcasts as well so some video elements to this but that's it for now it's time to say goodbye we'll see you on monday morning for our azerbaijan grand prix review thanks boys see ya Cheers. sorry campy we lost you there mate you, can you hear us again
2: no that's all right yeah I can, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah yeah all right just uh what was it what's the second and third time that you bet I did tell it. Oh, did you? Okay, cool. No worries. Um, Yes, I'll be in there. All right, cool. Thanks, buddy. So just put some fake laughs laughs in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah,
2: it's good. Um, Context is important there, I suppose. (laughs) Well, lads.
1: (laughs) 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 Shit, (laughs) don't.
0: (laughs) <laughs> oh that was quality. Oh. Well. Wow.
2: <laughs> I'm here. I'm here to serve
0: Manas in, in Manus and I here happy to do your uh. fake laughter 24/7.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.